few verses of scripture out of the book of Joshua, chapter 4. We'll be reading the King James Version today. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 9, and then we'll drop down to verse 20. And it came to pass when all the people were cleared, clean, passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe of man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones. And ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared to the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said to them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of Jordan, and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded and took up the twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan. And the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priest which bear the ark of the covenant stood and they are there unto this day. Drop down to verse 20. And these twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, and that you might fear the Lord your God forever. I want to preach to you for a few moments today. If you'll give me about 25 minutes, I want to talk to you about testify. Testify. If you will, pray with me and for me one more time. Father, thank you for your presence we feel here today. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the people we celebrate. Thank you for you, God, that we lift up above every name. Thank you for your word. I pray for the next few moments you'd remove the hindrances and the distractions. Anoint these lips of clay to bring your word, not the enticing words of men's wisdom, but your word coming forth in the demonstration and the power of your spirit. Anoint every ear to hear and every heart to receive what you're speaking to us today. But God, let us leave this place today as a people of God crying out and testifying to your goodness. We'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Now, very quickly, I want to tell you two things. First of all, pray for Pastor Darla and Dwight. You don't see them today because a tree fell, a huge tree fell on the house that they rent yesterday evening and fell through the house. So they are packing and moving today as we speak. Uh, So remember them uh, in your prayers. The second thing is they're usually the biggest, I told my class this this morning, they're usually the biggest cheerleaders that I have when I'm preaching. So if you don't fill their gap today, it's going to be a long service. Say amen, somebody. So just fill, fill in the gap and help me preach today. Joshua chose 12 men out of the 12 tribes of Israel and commanded every one of them to take a stone. And these stones were to become pillars of testimony. A testimony to the miracle power of God dividing the Jordan that delivered the children of Israel that we just read about. And it was, it was required that every man take up a stone upon his shoulders. In, every, in other words, listen to me this morning, every man had to carry his own testimony. 
Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11 said, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Listen this morning. Do not ever think that your testimony is not important. Boy, y'all are quiet. I said, do not ever think that your testimony is not important. According to the Word of God, how many are Word-believing people in here today? According to the Word of God, the Word says that you are made an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb, yes, but also by the Word of your testimony. Romans chapter 8 and verse 37 says, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us, more than conquerors, more because because I didn't just get delivered. I didn't just get healed. I didn't just make it through the Jordan waters. I didn't just make it through the fire and through the flood, but I've got a testimony. Can I get a witness in here this morning? Jesus said every man, or Joshua, I'm sorry, said that every man had to carry his own testimony. It's the blood of the lamb coupled with your testimony that makes you an overcomer. If you want to be an overcomer, it's the blood of the lamb coupled with your testimony. Listen to me. Your testimony, your testimony is what makes you valuable to the kingdom. Your testimony is what makes you valuable to the kingdom. It's what makes you, your testimony is what makes you dangerous to the devil. Your testimony is what makes you a threat to the powers of hell. It's not just what you came through and what you made it through that makes you a threat to the enemy. It's the testimony of the fact that you did come through. See, you're, thank you, I got one clapper. Your personal victory, listen to me, your personal victory benefits nobody except yourself. Your personal victory benefits nobody except yourself. But when you open your mouth, and declare the goodness and the faithfulness of the God that delivered you, the God that restored you, the God that saved you, the God that sets you free. Your testimony at that moment in time becomes a weapon in your hand. Your testimony becomes an instrument of power that can set other people free. Your testimony might touch somebody that's been bound in something I've never been bound in, but you have. And until you open your mouth and declare the goodness of God in your life, your testimony is doing nothing. You have to open your mouth and share it. Your testimony can become a life to somebody who is sinking. And I want to remind you this morning that you have a testimony. Now, many of God's people have been shamed into hiding their testimony. I know that. And many are afraid to give their testimony because the enemy makes them believe that if they talk about it, it might open the door for them to uh, go back into it or fall back into the pit that they were delivered from. But I want to tell you something today. That is nothing more than the spirit of fear that the enemy likes to put on people, manipulating and intimidating you because the enemy knows the power of your testimony. If you testify to somebody who may be bound right now in something you, must, you used to be bound in, the enemy knows there's power in your testimony. See, it means something. It's hard for me to talk to somebody that's been an alcoholic or a drug addict. I can tell them that I know Jesus is going to set them free. But when I take somebody in this church who's been an alcoholic and a drug addict, and I set them before them and they tell them, hey, I know where you're living. I've been there, and I can testify to you that the blood of Jesus can clean you, can wash you, can make you whole and set you free. Proverbs 18 and 21 tells us that the power 
Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The devil wants you to keep your mouth shut because he knows your testimony has the power to bring life to somebody, to bring hope to somebody, to bring joy and peace to somebody. I want you to look at your neighbor right now and tell them, I have a testimony. Come on, not everybody did it, do it again. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I have a testimony. Now say this to yourself, it's mine. It's mine. I didn't borrow it from somebody else. I'm not trying to copy somebody else. I'm not trying to be somebody else. It's my very own testimony. It's personal to me. See, it was my pain. It was my heartbreak. It was my confusion, my fear, and my loss. It was my fire that I went through, but it was real, and it was hot, and it hurt, and at times I felt like I wasn't going to make it. I'm talking about myself today. At times I felt like I was going to lose my mind. At times I felt like I was going to die, but I made it. I said, but I made it through. That attack, that attack didn't kill me. I might have been bitten by the snake, but I didn't die. Some of you right now can say in this room, the drugs should have killed me, but they didn't. The sickness should have killed me, but it didn't. The car accident didn't kill me. The divorce didn't kill me. The job loss sure didn't kill me. Sometimes God does things in strange ways. Listen, I want to talk about me for just a second, a brief moment. At one point, my ministry was attacked. My character was attacked. My finances were attacked. But it didn't kill me. I said, but it didn't kill me. I walked through the valley of the shadow of death physically, but I did not die. I walked through the fiery furnace, but I didn't burn up inside there. I traveled through some deep waters, but I didn't drown. See, the devil thought he would kill me, but I'm still here. And not only am I still here, I'm healed. I'm delivered, and I'm free, and I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ this morning. I came to serve notice on the devil. It did not kill me. I've got a testimony. Sure, there have been times, folks, that I felt like giving up times when I felt like I couldn't make it. And there were people that said I wouldn't make it. And there were people who had already written me off. But God gave me a testimony. God raised me up. God healed me and delivered me from the hand of the enemy. And what the enemy meant for evil, God turned it around for my good. Is there anybody in this house this morning who says, yes, I've got a testimony? Anybody? Anybody that says, yes, I've got a testimony? You shouldn't have made it out of that automobile accident. You shouldn't have overcame that addiction. Maybe you shouldn't have survived that sickness. You shouldn't have made it through that divorce. You lost your car, your house, your money, like a country song, your dog, and everything else. But you went through it, but you made it through on the other side. Am I talking to anybody this morning? You walked through it and found out joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Some of you shouldn't have got that position you got on the job. There was others that was more qualified than you were. Some of you shouldn't be living in the kind of house you're living in, driving the kind of car that you're driving, or making the kind of money that you're making. Statistics say, coming from your background and your social status, that you should be living in poverty and just getting by. But God. I said, but 
God. Has anybody got a but God testimony this morning? But God healed me. Anybody got that one? But God delivered me. But God promoted me. But God protected me. But God anointed me. Is there anybody with like, do I have a witness in the house this morning that will testify? But God stepped in in my life. The three Hebrew children had a great miracle when God delivered them from the fiery furnace. But listen to me this morning. The most valuable thing they received that day was not the miracle. It was their testimony. Why do you say that? I say that because the miracle was theirs alone. The miracle only belonged to them. The miracle only benefited them. And it was just for that particular day in that particular situation and that particular problem. But their testimony is still bringing hope to the hopeless today. When we read the word and read the testimony of what God did, it's still bringing strength to the weak today. It's still bringing healing to the sick today and deliverance to the bound and the oppressed today. It's still bringing hope to somebody today that I might be in the middle of the fire, but God is right here with me. And not only will I come out, I won't even have the smell of smoke on my clothes because of the hand of God. Somebody might be delivered because of your testimony. Somebody might be healed because of your testimony. Somebody might receive boldness and strength to try again because of your testimony. Listen, somebody who was going to quit the ministry might stay in the ministry because of your testimony. You know, just this week, now I wasn't thinking about quitting the ministry. But I love when I get things like this. Just this week, I got this message. A lady said, hi, Pastor Disney. You don't know me, but I've seen you before in Lexington at Church of God camp meeting. I felt like I needed to send you this and let you know that today, the Lord led me to the message that you preached at your church on July 31st. That message was something good. How many remembers that message? And she said, I just wanted to thank you for obeying the Lord and sharing this. Every single thing you described is what has been happening to me for going on three straight years now. But I truly believe with all my heart that your message was also intended for me to hear it too. And God orchestrated it that nearly three weeks later, four weeks later, I hear that message and the Lord ministers to me. I want to tell you something this morning. Sometimes your testimony might encourage somebody else. You know how encouraging that was for me? Because don't think for one second that the enemy doesn't fight me and tell me, oh, you shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have said that. But thanks be to God. Well, And thank God for the internet and what we learned through COVID. But you can put things out there that people can listen to for months and years to come. One of these days when I'm long gone and celebrating with Jesus in heaven, my kids will be able to go back and pull up a message and listen to their daddy preach why? Because your testimony when your kids, that's what Joshua said here, your children are going to ask you in years to come and you tell them those stones are there for a testimony of what the power of God did. No wonder the devil tries to kill us. No wonder the devil tries to destroy you. No wonder you might be going through the fiery furnace because he wants to shut you up and he wants to kill your testimony. When David was running from Saul and he, got the, he went and got the sword of Goliath. I don't have time to go into all the details, but just follow me on this. When David was running from Saul, he went and got the sword of Goliath and he took it with him when he cut off his head. The sword of Goliath represents two things. In the hand of Goliath, it represents that which was sent to kill 
steal, and destroy. We could call it sickness and disease. We could call it debt. We could call it marital problems. We could call it an attack on your character. The bottom line is, it's that which the devil sent to kill you. That's what it meant in the hand of Goliath. But in David's hand, that same sword was the testimony that whatever the devil designed and launched against him, it didn't work. It's the testimony that no weapon, somebody say that, no weapon. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That's what the word says. And David took Goliath's sword, and you know what he did with it? He cut off uh, Goliath's head with that sword, with his own sword. What are you trying to tell me this morning, Pastor? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Never judge somebody by the season that they're going through. Did you hear me? I said never judge somebody by the season that they're going through. In David's hand, the sword of Goliath meant something totally different than it did in Goliath's hand. You never judge nobody by a season that they're in because one season David was a shepherd but the next season David was a king one season Ruth was working in the field the next season she owned the field one season Paul was killing Christians and the next season God was using him for multiplied thousands to give their life to Jesus Christ why because we serve a but God when God gets in the arrangements he turns it around Some of you, instead of murmuring and complaining, if I can preach to you for just a minute, a lot of times Pentecostals are really good at murmuring and complaining. Instead of murmuring and complaining about what you're going through and what the devil is doing, we ought to be praising the Lord that he's allowed the devil to give you something to work with. Did you hear me? You ought to just say, well, thank you, Jesus. You you give me something to work with. Thank you, Jesus, for putting the enemy's sword in my hand because I'm going to cut his head off with it. Those of you who say you're going through big trials, big fires, big problems, you need to understand something. It's so that you can have a big sword that you'll do more to damage the devil's kingdom when you come through. In Psalm 9, verses 13 and 14, David tells how God lifted him up from the gates of death so that he could testify to the church of his deliverance and tell the enemy sent to destroy him that that, it backfired in the enemy's face and it destroyed the enemy. In Genesis chapter 50, Joseph tells his brothers, you thought evil against me, but God, there it is again, meant it unto good. He worked it for my good. He was giving Joseph a testimony. I came to encourage somebody this morning. God is going to turn it around. Did you hear me? I said, God is going to turn it around. If you will trust God... He's going to make the devil's plan backfire in his face. If you will just hold on to God, God will deliver you. He's going to put the enemy's sword in your hand. And you're going to cut the enemy's head off with his own sword. Because God is giving you a testimony. You may be going through something this morning. But you need to know something. And that is that there is no miracle without there first being a problem. There is no victory without there first being a battle. There is no cross or crown, I'm sorry, without there first being a cross. There is no resurrection until there first to death and there is no testimony until you've been put through the test. Listen to me right now. You might be going through the fire right now. You might be in the fight of your life. You might be walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't know if you're being attacked physically, spiritually, financially. Your ministry's being attacked. Your, your, I don't know what's being attacked but it seems like maybe all hell has been unleashed against you. But I'm telling you this morning if I know anything I know that God sent me here on this Labor Day weekend to tell somebody 
you're not going under, you're going over. I said, you're not going under, you're going over. You are going to make it, and God is going to give you a testimony. You won't burn up in the fire, you're going to come out with the victory. You're going to come out with a testimony that will shake hell, and that will break down walls and set captives free. When those children of Israel crossed the Jordan River, they set up two pillars. I'm almost done. One was in the middle of Jordan. One was in the middle of Jordan. Don't forget that. And the other was on the other side of Jordan. The first one in the middle of Jordan was a midway praise. It was an I'm going through it kind of praise. Are you with me? Has anybody got an I'm going through it right now kind of praise? I may be going through sickness but I'm going to praise him anyway. Can I get a witness? I may be having financial problems, but I'm going to praise him anyway. I may be going through it with my children or my family or with a sickness, but I'm going to praise him anyway because I know my circumstances don't determine his worth in my life. I may be going through it, but I've got a right now in the middle of it kind of praise. But that's a praise. You've got to have a praise. This is not a praise. You can worship like this. You really can. You can close your eyes. You can focus on the Lord. But you can't praise like this. If you want to praise, you've got to open your mouth. And it'd do you some good if you'd lift your hands. Maybe clap your hands. Why do you think the psalmist said, shout unto God with a voice of triumph? He didn't say you already had the victory. He said, shout like you've got the victory. Shout with a voice of triumph. Somebody this morning needs to let the enemy know you may be going through it, but that does not change the fact that God is still worthy. I'm still going to praise Him. I'm still going to worship Him right in the middle of my circumstance. You may be going through the darkest times of your life, but give God praise. They were right in the middle of it. Listen. The Bible says with Paul and Silas, they were beaten and humiliated publicly, and they were bound and cast into the inner prison. You know what they could have done? They could have done what most of us would do, and that's murmur and complain. They could have said, man, they beat me to death. They also could have been angry and bitter. Why did God let this happen to us? While we were just preaching the gospel. They could have been angry and bitter. Or they could have slipped off into self-pity. But they didn't. The Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray. And they began to sing praises unto God. And when they did, God shook that prison off of its foundation. Shook the doors off its hinges. And broke the shackles off of every prisoner. I want to tell you, I'm, I want to remind somebody today that the God that you serve, He works the night shift. Can I get a witness? In fact, He does His best work sometimes in the dark. We sing a song around here that says, you may not see it, but He's working. You may not feel Him, but He's working. He's working on it. Job chapter 9 and verse 11 said, lo, He goeth by me. This is what Job said, and I see him not. He passeth on also, but I perceive him not. Job was saying, he went by me, but I didn't see him. He was moving around me, but I couldn't perceive it. Chapter 23, verses 8 and 9, he said, behold, I go forward and he's not there. I go backward and I can't perceive him on the left hand when he doth work, but I can't behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand. I cannot see him. Job's saying he's working on the left, but I can't see what he's doing. He's working on the right, but he won't let me see what he's doing. Listen, I just want to remind somebody today, God's working on the left hand. God's working 
working on the right hand. And when God gets through, he's going to flip on the light switch. And you're going to be able to see what he's been working on in the dark. Because the God that you serve will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll go with you all the way. Now when the children of Israel got to the other side of the Jordan, Joshua said, Now take these stones that you carried out of the Jordan River and build a pillar here. You know what this is? This is your thank God I made it praise. This is your thank God I made it testimony. Is there anybody here this morning that says, I've got a thank God I made it praise? I do. I've got one. A thank God I made it testimony. Anybody here this morning know if it hadn't been for God, you might have been dead? Anybody know that the great physician did what no medical doctor could do? Alda does. I do. I don't have time to go into all of it. Some of y'all know my testimony. But when they flew me to Lexington at the age of 31, they told me that if I survived the flight, I'd lose my leg. But I'm standing on two legs today because the great physician did what no medical doctor could do. That's a thank God I made it testimony. That's a thank God I made it praise. I'm just wondering if there's anybody else here this morning that's ever been through a storm. And maybe it looked like, it sounded like, and it felt like you weren't going to make it. But... God. I said, but God came on the scene and God made a way where there seemed to be no way. And God rebuked the storm and he brought you out and you're here today because of it. Is there anybody that says, I've got to thank God I made it kind of praise. I want the musicians to come if they will. Psalm chapter 119 and verse 92. David said, Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in my affliction. Then he said in Psalm chapter 40 and verse 2, He brought me up out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, and he established my goings. Then David said in Psalm chapter 40 and verse 3, the next verse, he said, He put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it. That's your testimony. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. David said, God has put a new song in my mouth. Even praise to our God. David said, I was stuck in a horrible pit. I was sinking into the miry clay. My joy and my peace were fading from view. It looked like I was going to die. It looked like I'd never be happy again. It looked like the devil had won. But God, but God reached down into that horrible pit and he pulled me out of that miry clay and now he set my feet on a rock he gave me back my joy he gave me back my peace and he gave me back my song what David was saying was this God has given me a testimony and when people hear my testimony they will honor Jesus they'll put their trust in God for their own deliverance and their own miracle I want to tell you something this morning I can't get your miracle for you. But if you'll put your trust in God and you'll let God get involved in the arrangements, you'll see God move for yourself. Folks, that's a problem in the church world today. I have nothing. Listen, I know some really good, I'm not even going to mention the denomination, some really good people of another non-Protestant denomination. But I want to tell you something. Can't nobody else get a hold of God for you but you. 
stop looking to get to somebody. We do it just as bad in Pentecost as they do in that movement. But instead of going and getting in a booth with somebody and trusting that man with something, we run around like, I started to say like little idiots. <laughs> chasing around, and so now I did say it. Chasing around after the next move. The next prophet. The ne Listen, I'm full gospel to the bone. There's nothing about me that's not full gospel. And I want to tell you something right now. I don't want you chasing after some man or woman that you think has the power. If you'll just chase after God, you'll find the power. David said, God's given me a miracle. Does anybody this morning have a testimony? Does anybody have a midnight praise, I'm going through it praise? Anybody have a thank God I made it praise? Does anybody know how to give God praise? Do you? I wish I had a few people in here that have a testimony that are not ashamed to just for just a few moments just lift your voice and begin to give God praise. I wish I had some people that wasn't ashamed to just lift your voice, lift your arms. Oh, hallelujah. Just lift your voice and lift your hands and just begin to say, thank you, Jesus. Just begin to give God, come on, you can do better than that. Just begin to give God some praise. Some people that's not ashamed to say, I should have been dead, but God. I should have been lost, but God. Somebody needs to open your mouth this morning and just give God some praise. Tell the devil, you're a liar and a loser. The God I serve has brought me through. you get your neighbor by the hand I don't do this you know that stand with me all over this room get your neighbor by the hand and I want you to tell them I want you to tell them I've got a testimony I've got a testimony come on look at your neighbor and do that I've got a testimony now I want you to look at them and just begin to testify something that God did. Come on, tell him. He's, thank God he saved me. If you can't say anything else, you ought to be able to say, I thank him that he saved me. Thank him that he sanctified me. Thank him that he filled me with the Holy Ghost. I thank him that he's my Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. I thank him that he's Jehovah Rapha. He's the God that healeth me. I thank him that when nobody else can help me, he can help me. I thank him that he can do all. What I want you to understand is this today. There is power in your testimony. Don't let the enemy keep your mouth shut. There's power in your testimony. And you need to carry this whole message brought out something. You need to understand. You need to carry your testimony. It's vitally important that we do this. I know it's 1225. I'm done. We need to carry our testimony to the next generation. I fear for what church may look like for my grandchildren. Did you hear me? I fear what church might look like for my grandchildren. I don't have any on the way yet that I know of. But I fear. I just had to say that because I know what people do. We need to carry our testimony to the next generation. They don't need to just hear about what we experience. They need to experience it for themselves. I can leave some miracles to Abby and Shelby that they know about. 
that I've witnessed and experienced. But until they witness it, they know about my miracle because they witnessed it and experienced it. I'm going to get emotional and not mean to, but I remember them crawling up in the bed with me and me thinking I may not see them again. And they were very little at that time. They remember seeing that miracle. They thought when Daddy went into the operating room, he was coming out with, with just one leg. They know what, they, what God did then. I've left that miracle for them, but then they're going to have to go through some things themselves. They've got to leave miracles for their children to know about. It's important the next generation knows the power of God. <laughs> We've got too many social clubs in the name of church, but I want to see a place where the power of God does miracles. I don't want to see a bunch of shady foolishness either. But I want to see the genuine, authentic power of God do miracles. There's power in your testimony. Not only do your children need to hear your testimony, the lost need to hear your testimony. Whatever you do, testify to the goodness and the grace of God. I love that song that says, all my life. He has been faithful. Can anybody testify to that this morning? All my life, he has been so, so good. <laughs> All my life, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. We're going to open this altar this morning, and maybe you need to, maybe you need to just make, come make things right with the Lord. If that's the case, that's what this altar's for. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed to come and say, Lord, I, I need to invite you back into my life. I've, I've failed you. I need you back in my life. Don't be ashamed if you've never accepted the Lord. Do what David did a couple Mondays ago and just get out and say, Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And you know what? I know there's some of you right now, you don't even know what it is you're feeling in this room, but I'll tell you what it is. It's the Spirit of God. It's the power of God at work that's saying, if you'll trust me, you can have exactly what you're experiencing right now. If you'll trust me.